Welcome back. Another episode of Off Stage Radio. I'm pumped. I'm amped. I'm ready to go. You know why? Because we back, baby. That's why. Now, I got to say a couple things. Say a couple things before we get started. First of all, so we're going to be switching up the format a little bit. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Get, get, get out of here. That's not the first thing, but that is a thing. But that's not the first thing. You know what the first thing is? Boom. We are in Isaac's station right now. Isaac station. You can come join. You can come see us right now. If you wear your mask, you can come out. You can come see us through the window. We are in the Isaac radio station right now. Why are we here? Because we're repping Isaac, baby. We repping Isaac, baby. That's why we're here. We're here. We living. We doing it up. Now, let me get back to the other news. Let me get back to the other news because that's that's important as well. I mean, be, us being an Isaac's important, but that's important as well. So we out here in Isaac. That's not what I'm talking about. Sorry. I'm getting off track. Let's rewind. All right. Let's go. So we are going to try to switch up the format a little bit. I know it kind of sucks. Um, it's a little unfortunate, but we are going to go from having like two to three guests to having one to two guests a week. Why are we doing that? You're asking like, you, you know, we love seeing those other guests. Why are you going to switch it up on us like this? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Come closer. Come closer. Let's let's get personal here. Let's get personal. Okay. We have to do it because Josh, Anna, Rayanne, Connor and I are all students. We're students at Gonzaga. So like we have to focus on our studies and focus on our work and we all are in the athletic department. So with sports coming back and there's gonna be sports every day for the entire spring, we're trying to put the workload down a little bit. But does that mean we're not gonna get great guests? It absolutely does not mean that because we have some really, really good guests coming up and we're really excited to be talking to them and sharing them with you the viewer we appreciate you coming here we're sorry that we're going to shut it down a little bit but we're still becoming week by week bringing you content that you love and you still get to see your boys so that's what's up but let's get to the episode let's get to this episode you ready for this episode i'm ready for this episode let's do it all right so the, we have our only guest let's say the first guest is our only guest of the day rob sacri he is a uh, former former zag He's a former Laker, Rob Sacker. He's a great dude, too. Great dude. Trust me. I know. I talk to him. Awesome dude. So Rob Sacker is going to come on. He's going to uh, talk with us about uh, being in the NBA, building up, all that stuff. So definitely stay locked. Stay sitting and stay or, or running or whatever you do. And stay listening. That's the earphones to Off Stage Radio. What up? Let's go. Welcome back off stage radio. We got a former Zag coming on with us on Izag Radio. Uh Rob Sacre, how's it going, man? How's it doing? Oh man, good, man. Like I told you earlier before the show, I'm a little hyped. I was uh listening to some DMX before while I was tightening up my house. I feel I feel like I need to come down a little bit, but I'm I'm good. Like I'm blessed, brother. 
I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm in the Isaac studio for the first time and they got speakers behind me and I had all in by baby and I'm going hype. And then Josh comes, he's like, hello. I'm like, oh, I got to turn it down. Yeah, so, yeah. I was blasting this. I'm sure the people around are like, well, there's no one around right now. It's so weird sitting in, sitting on campus, looking out this window and seeing no one. It's a twilight. There's no one here. It's, it's absolutely mad. But yeah, I, I'm sure there's people that are in their office or something that are like, who's blasting music down the hall right now? <laughs> you only live life once, day, man. You only live life exactly. once. Exactly. And I'm going to turn that thing all the way up every single time. I don't care. Right. We used to do the same thing when uh, I went to school in New Haven, my undergrad. And we had, at first, our radio station was downstairs in the, like one of the main buildings. And I would go on and it will be like, all right, we're going to play this. We'll be right back. It'd be like DMX or Jay-Z. And I would just crank that baby up and people be knocking on the door like turn that shit down it's like no <laughs> what no it's hype i need to come back i need to have energy i need to be going exactly. you, know? you know what i'm saying come, life is all about no it. energy what you put out there is exactly. what you want to attract man exactly and that's why i want to have good energy coming on we were talking about right before we had good conversations going i like to have a good conversation before it goes so we can get the personalities out and get going and no doubt see how no it's doubt going. yeah I'm, I'm with you on that i believe I believe in the law of attraction, what the universe is and energy and all that and a higher being and higher power. And, and if you put that out there, you will you will naturally gravitate to those type of people and um, those type of people will come into your lives. So you're wearing is that a a personal brand hoodie right there? Yeah, man. Um, I, I have my own uh, excavation company. So Sacre Excavation, we started. um in the fall and we're just getting it all dialed in and yeah I'll, uh, i got merch and everything man so sacred excavation that's my new baby that's been uh, i tell people all the time uh i'm i'm just as excited and probably hyped about this as i was for the nba draft and working out for nba teams so uh this has been my baby I'm, I'm nurturing it i'm putting all my energy and passion into it to get this to where i want to be one of the top dogs in this town and maybe even in the state so you're taking your competitiveness from the court and bringing it into your business and you're going to try to take over that business next aren't you 100 man that's what it's all about you got to just be able to pivot and and, and strive to be the best in whatever you want to do. And you can manifest anything you want in this world, I believe, but you it's it's hard work and it's passion and, and whatever you put in, put into your job or your work, you you'll you'll get something out of it. Just you just have to work hard towards anything. And I'm using my my discipline and everything I learned on the court and applying it to a new 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 life, man. Now, how did you go from the transition of basketball to this? Was this something you wanted to get into or you just thought of like, this is, I want to start this now. I want to try to start the next part of my, my journey. Um, so when I was done playing basketball, I, I started uh, working for Gonzaga, fundraising for Gonzaga, and I met a fellow and I call him my mentor. He's been mentoring me um, throughout this whole process and uh, he's been highly successful in the dirt industry. And I never thought I would, I would never thought I'd be playing in a sandbox with, you know, Tonka trucks, but look at me now, I'm, I'm doing it again. So um, I, I, he asked me in March or May, hey, 
would you like to see what I'm doing? Would you like to just, you know, and for me, you ever seen that movie? Yes, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. With Jim Carrey. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. And for me, I think that's how sometimes we should live our lives. You never, if you say no to things, then you automatically put a lid on top of things. So um, for me, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll go learn what you're doing, your trade. And I started learning and um, going out there and, and working every week out there in Idaho. And I ended up just enjoying what I was doing. And I was like, I'm going to branch off for your business and I'm going to create my own. And um, I think you just got to have the balls to be able to just say that and do it and things will naturally come towards you. I love to hear that. I like to push myself to limits and I, I actually try to do it with people that are close around me. Like they don't want to do this, but it's like, you got to push yourself to see, you know, you have, you set a limit. You got to push them to see, maybe you can do that. Maybe you can actually start your own business. Maybe you can get on the radio. Maybe you can go talk to that person. But if you don't push yourself to that, like, how are you ever going to know? And then you're just kind of living a recluse, uh, recluse life because you never know what you could have done. I'm, I'm the someone that like, if I want to do something, I start it. Like, like this show. Like I was like, yeah, I want to do this. Week later, we're doing our first show. Next week, we have this person on. Then we have this person. Now we have this great guest on. We have this big guest on. We have this. So I, I feel like you just got to keep pushing yourself. And you got to be in with you, you're pushing yourself and the competitiveness. That's, that's a combination for success right there. That's going to make your business so much more successful and going to be able to do whatever you want going on. It sounds like you're passionate for it too. Oh man. Uh, that's you have to put passion into your business, no matter what you do. And, um, for me, I just, um, there's a metaphor about the circus fleas. Have you ever heard about that? Metaphor for the circus fleas. No, go ahead. So in the circus, they trained these fleas. And what they did was when people would come by, these fleas would be in a jar and the lid wasn't on top. But these fleas wouldn't jump outside, outside the jar. So people were always wondering, like, yo, why you guys, how did you train those fleas, man? They're not jumping outside the jar. What did you do? Well, the whole thing is what they did was they put these fleas in a jar and, a, and they put a lid on top of the jar. And what happens is the fleas just eventually just keep hitting the, the top of the jar and thinking that, okay, this is as high as I can go. This is as high as I can go. And they eventually just, they stop jumping higher and higher. So you eventually you can take the lid off and these, these fleas are naturally in their mind thinking they can't go as high as where the lid was. So your whole mindset is there is no lid on top of my life. You know, I can do whatever I want and accomplish anything I want and I can go higher than where the lid is. And if you have that mindset, I believe you can go anywhere and do anything you want. That is a great example. Like, First of all, what you're getting from this, if, if you're not following, don't be a flea, push your limits. Like if don't, you don't have a lid, you don't have a lid, you can keep going and you might, you might not know what you're going to find on the outside. I, 
it's great hearing someone like this. It's great hearing someone that loves pushing themselves and loves going different limits, going different routes and things like that, because I consider myself the same way, but it's hard to find people. Like people are very recluse these days. They're very, they have their safe zone and that's all they want to be a part of. They don't want to talk to anybody else because they have their group of friends or they don't want to try for this because they're comfortable where they are. But if you're not, if you're comfortable, you got to make yourself uncomfortable or else you're never going to get, you know, you're never going to be able to push yourself to do what you want to do. Absolutely, man. That's great. And uh, well, we're also, we're for, we're also afraid because in the, we're in this era now of social media and um, I, I'll be the first one to tell you, man, I did the dunk competition in Japan. I, I screwed that shit up so bad. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I didn't <laughs> care. It's, you can't be afraid to like fail, man. And, um, and I think because of where we are in this society of social media, and if you screw up by just, slipping on some ice someone might have a camera on you and you know uh you're you're always you're going to be humiliated for the you think you're going to be humiliated for the rest of your life but it'll pass everything does pass always and so i think people are now afraid to try because of the idea of like the shame or something like uh, or what other people are thinking of them and they're, I think that's they're, really they're scared of being shamed or embarrassed. Yeah, they don't want to be shamed. They don't want to be embarrassed and they don't want to be remembered for, for failing. But fa f from failure, it comes success. Like so no one just starts and becomes successful. You have to fail to become successful. Man, I felt so many classes those in my life, hand especially hand. at Gonzaga, brother. So, like, you know, uh, <laughs> like I'm the fresh one. I'm right there you, with man. you. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm right there with it's like uh, with grad school, I'm doing a lot better. But when I was an undergrad, it's funny talking to people. Like, I, I worked so hard to get 4.0s, 4.0s. I'm like, I was happy with a C. Like, I was like, yeah, C, perfect. That's good. Next class. Thank you. I'm good with that. But when you when you actually, you know, have passion for it and appreciate it, you're always going to work harder to get to it and stuff like that. We're talking with Rob Sacre, by the way. Uh, I want to go into basketball really quick. Um, you came here to Gonzaga, for anybody that doesn't, it wasn't listening to the first half or something like that. You came here to Gonzaga. But you were also recruited by LSU, correct? Out of high school? Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. what made you choose Gonzaga, which at the time was a rising school, but they weren't what they are like today, where the number one school, and everybody knows Gonzaga is the number one basketball school in the nation. So what made you choose Gonzaga over an established program like LSU? You know, uh, Gonzaga wasn't even in my top five at that point in time. It was UW, Oregon State, don't ask why, UCLA, <laughs> UCLA, um, Arizona, and LSU. And uh, it was more of a mind over heart type deal. My heart was with LSU because both my parents went there and my family's all down in Louisiana and I, I, I always grew up being a Tiger fan, but my mind was telling me, hey, this is a better, um, this will be better for you in the future. And Gonzaga, everything Coach Few has, everything he's preached to me on my first visit has come true. So um, that just right there uh, is probably the reason why I came to Gonzaga because I got to play against the top teams in the country. 
I got to go to the tournament every year. Um, I, I, every game was televised. Uh, my mom and my family in Canada, they could have come down. It's not far from them to go visit. And it, Spokane is, it grows on you, man. This place is a vortex. I call it the vortex. It really does. It does, man. And, um, I love it here. And I, they embraced me here and it's a family, family first type atmosphere. So it was everything I wanted in a program. And first of all, Spokane does really grow on you. I'm from New York and I lived in Boston. So I was near a city, then I was in a city. And then I came here, which is pretty far from a city. I really love it out here though. There's, there's a lot to do. I mean, Right now, it's tough to do anything, but there's a lot that you can do. But the outdoors, I think the outdoors is what sells it for me. Is like, because I'm from the East Coast, I've never been to the West Coast in my life. So I'm everything out here, the mountains and stuff. This is all new to me. Mm-hmm. So it's great that I'm in a place where I could explore it and actually see really nice and beautiful things like that. And it really, like you said, it's a vortex. You get here, like, am I gonna like it? And then you end up really loving it out here. So I get that completely. And how does it feel? You so when you were at Gonzaga, they were kind of, they were not starting their rise, but they were pretty much in the midst of their rise to where they are now. Like I said, they're number one school in the country. They're getting five star recruits, which they haven't ever been doing. Even when they were successful back then, they weren't getting the five star recruits. What does it feel being a part of Zag Nation during in the midst of this rise and now seeing it today where it is now? I don't like to toot my own horn, man, but. Uh, I know our class, my my freshman class was the best class that Gonzaga ever got at that point in time. Um, we had three top 100 players in that class. So uh, it was a it was kind of a big deal. And um, I just remember just uh, embracing the whole program and. My, my whole vision was wanting to win a national championship. Uh, I never got to that opportunity. Uh, I got the opportunity, but I, I should say I never reached my goal. Um, but I look at these young guys coming in, and I know in the next, I say next four to five years, we're going to get something. We're going to get a championship. So um, I hope to say that I was a part of something like that. And I was a part of building this process some way, somehow. And um, if I can help those guys to win a championship, I would love to do that. Are you still involved with the program right now? I know you said you were doing recruiting and stuff like that before. Are you involved in the program to this day? No, I'm done now. Um, uh, I got my master's from Gonzaga and I was helping out fundraising and I was helping out a little bit with the working out the bigs, but right now with this whole COVID deal, you already know they're in a bubble. And, um, I, those guys. Trust me. I know. <laughs> Twilight zone, homie. And um, it, it uh, I, those guys are definitely, uh, I, tip my hat off to them because they're they it seems like they're taking a professional mindset about how they're handling everything and um they're taking advantage of this their situation and and winning all these games so let's let's keep rooting for them and i just wish the best for them yeah, they they look unbelievably good this year 
they look unbelievably good. Like they already had last year, they had great players and they came back and then adding Jalen Suggs to that has just been phenomenal for the team. I, I watch, I watch them play like the top teams and I watch them play. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They just seem to be up 20 in the first, the first five minutes, every single time. It's crazy. They look unbelievably good. What is like Mark, Few, without giving away all his strategies, what does Mark Few do to like, get these players here like what is his recruitment like to get you know because gonzaga again was not a school like an lsu or ucla or uf florida State. it's not one of those schools that like you're like oh yeah i know that school it's a school that you kind of have to research a little bit if you don't know about them to even know where it is you wouldn't even know where i mean i think it was jimmy kimmel had a whole skit on it about not knowing where gonzaga is last year two years ago so what does he do to get players to get uh come to this school uh, what do you do for you, at least? For me, it was more of – I remember coming on an unofficial visit, and I was like, this dude doesn't talk, man. He occasionally would ask a question, but, you know, you'd have all these coaches, and they would always want to, like, try to impress you if you go to other schools and, like, wouldn't shut the hell up. But this guy wouldn't talk. I'm like, yo, what – What's wrong with this guy, man? I don't know if I can play for this guy. And he was asking questions and listening. And then the last day, right before I was going to head out, they bring me into his office and everything that I wanted in a school and everything that I said throughout the weekend, he had written on the board and he had compared and contrasted to all the other schools that were recruiting me. And right then and there, everything that I, I got to see really what I wanted in a school, and it was Gonzaga because it was everything that I was basically compared to all the other schools. You know, they might have one notch here, but they wouldn't have a notch somewhere else. But Gonzaga had all the notches. And I was like, this is a no brainer. You know, and it was just a testament of what he was doing was just listening and making sure that, you know, he was a listener throughout that whole process. What kind of influence has he had on you in your career and now your life after basketball and stuff like that? What kind of influence has he had there? I cannot give enough credit where credit's due. Uh, he drove me crazy sometimes as a player, but at the same time, uh, that's what he was supposed to do. Um, and I, I first and foremost thank him for like being a father figure in my eyes in the sense of he taught me how to raise kids because he had kids, uh, young kids at that time. Um, at that time, and I just would watch how he raised his kids and how I wanted to be a father like that. And um, so first and foremost, I would have to say that um, he was a huge influence on how I wanted to be a dad. And um, I I can't ask for any, any better influence than that. And then second of all, I would have to say he really instilled not being a victim. And I didn't understand it at the time. And even throughout my professional career, I, I started evolving and, and understanding. And now looking back, 
I go, holy man, that's exactly what Coach Few was talking about. And sometimes we don't we don't see that because of our ego or whatnot when we're in that moment. But um, through now looking back, his whole thing was never feel sorry for yourself. And we're very blessed to play this game. And um, don't be the victim. Never be the victim. And uh, from this from this day, I live by those, you know, that mindset. And um, I carry it on with with my kids and myself. It's it's crazy. And there's still coaches like this. How much of an influence a really, really good coach has as opposed to someone that just wants to win so bad. They don't teach you any life. They just teach you about the game and that's it. They want you to learn the game. They don't care what limits they have to push you. Like I, I coached very low level baseball. I coached like high school baseball and stuff like that. But when I did it, it was like, you want to, you want to be someone like that. They'll remember what you've told them, not just about baseball, like about like them, them in school, what after school, like influence your kids. That's the whole point of teaching out of school is not to win the games. Like, yeah, winning is great. And you want to win. You want, but you want to, you want to help these kids in life. Like you want to help these, you want to help these guys in life when they get done with it. So it's, it's nice to hear that I've marked few from what I've heard. I haven't been able to meet him yet, obviously, because we talked about it's everyone's in a bubble. You can't really meet anybody right now. But from what I heard, I'll hear nothing but great things. And it, it makes me happy to hear that the coach of the school I'm at is so influential on his on his on his uh, athletes and not only teaches them about sports, but how to to succeed after sports and how what they learn in sports can help them after they get done with sports, because no matter if you're. If, if you're the greatest player of all time or you're just going to play in college, everybody has an end date on their career, unfortunately. So you got to you gotta learn some lessons for afterwards. So good on Mark Few for that, and I'm glad to hear that. And if you're a coach listening, please take this advice because you hear too many stories with kids that just don't want to play sport anymore because they can't stand the coach. And it's so sad to hear those stories. It really is. Like the coach should not be someone that – takes a kid's love of the game away from him and it, or takes an athlete's love away from him. And it hurts to hear that kind of stuff. It really does. But I can't, I, but I have to intervene on some aspect. I think as, as people and, and athletes and, you know, however you want to grow, um, you have to play for that asshole coach once in a while. You yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're going to have a boss who's an asshole or somebody who's you're not going to like, or it's, and you have to play through that. And, and it's during the time. Yeah. I tell my kids this. Okay. If you start something, at least finish the season out. You do not quit midway. Mm-hmm. That's not where we're doing. I'm not, I'm not in doing that. But you got to because there's going to be days where you're not going to like your boss. You're not going to like the person you work with or any of that. But you got to go through it, you know. And I think too many people or too many kids sometimes uh, we allow our kids to just quit when it gets tough. And, you know, forget that, man. Like, no. Yeah, it sucks right now. But you're going to learn a lesson out of this. And 
when you you can learn whether this is not how I want to coach when I get older or or I don't want to play this anymore, but there's a fine balance. I agree with you 100% that like you definitely don't want to kill the game for them right away early. But at the same time, you also, they need to understand the uh, idea of, yeah, things are tough, but you got to go through it, man. And I think that's the, uh, the mindset I try to instill in my kids at least. Yeah, and you know what, I, I can agree with you there because now that you mentioned it, I thought of this too. You need that coach to appreciate the Mark Fuse. Like if you if you always have those coaches, you don't appreciate it as much as opposed to if you had a coach that was like just an asshole and terrible, and then you get a Mark Few that will push you but will also teach you and influence you. You're not going to appreciate that as much if you don't have the first coach to begin with. And I feel like any athlete that played from a young age and if they played like for you playing into the pros, you've had that coach somewhere along the line, but the further up you go, the less likely it is you have that coach. Like the better coaches are going to, the ones that are, you know, I see, I can't attest to that because I haven't played in the NBA. <laughs> I haven't played in the highest levels, but I just feel like the, the further you've gone up, it's from what I've met people and stuff like that, I should say, because I, like I said, not, believe it or not, not an NBA player. I know it's hard to believe looking over here, but have not been able to dunk a basketball yet. But <laughs> I feel like because I have conversations like this with a lot of different people in a lot of different sports and a lot of different things like that. And of what I've noticed is the, the higher up they've gone, the coaches that they've had have been more influential, have taught them more about life, but how sports and in, in can uh, how the sports lessons they learn can come back in life and things like that, as opposed to when you were in eighth grade and your eighth grade uh, math teacher was the was the coach and he just wanted to win. That's all he wanted. So he only played uh, this one dude. He only played you who d can dunk on everybody instead of little Johnny here that just wants one minute. That's all he wants in eighth grade. So I think, yeah, I think having that coach helps you appreciate the Mark views of the world and stuff like that. But again, haven't made hard to believe hard to believe <laughs> haven't made it there have not yet not, i'm just a free agent at this point one day so let's 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 journey back a little bit you're in 2012 and you get drafted by the lakers now before i even ask about the lakers what was your favorite team when you were growing up because i want to know getting drafted by the lakers was it like oh the lakers this is great or was it like that's my rival team i can't believe i got drafted by the lakers uh, it would definitely be the Vancouver Grizzlies growing up. And then okay. I was a huge, I remember going to a Lakers game in Vancouver versus the Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was a huge Kobe fan growing up. And I remember when I was watching the draft, I didn't even work out for the Lakers and they drafted me. And it just was like a surreal moment, man. It was just like, holy, this really did happen. Like, I'm going to go play for the Lakers. Then they brought on, like, Dwight and Nash. And I'm like, holy, I'm with the Lakers, and we're going to win a championship. <laughs> and That's what we all said. It felt that way. But at the same time, it, what a – oh, man, what a surreal moment. I think about my first game ever. Um, that was a preseason game. I started. They were like, Rob, you're starting. I said, holy, I'm starting? Okay. 
because Dwight hurt his back and so he wasn't playing. So they're like, no, you're starting. And I remember I looked to my left going out for jump ball and there's Nash and Kobe. And I looked to my right and there's Meta and Powell. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa. Oh, my God. Whoa. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's like I can't imagine. That's you're, you're looking at one side and you see two Hall of Famers. Look at the other t- side. You're seeing two all stars. It's like. How'd I get to this court? This is is this is this street ball? Oh, this isn't street ball. This is our team. This is our team of Hall of Famers and All Stars. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it was just a surreal oh. moment, man. It was like my dream came true, and I was living it. And so, uh, I'm very blessed to say, you know, I I got to experience the NBA life, and at the the most prestigious program or not program, but most prestigious organization in all of basketball i couldn't ask for anything better and i i like the orlando magic i want to say one thing to anybody younger than 24 about dwight howard dwight howard was the best center in the nba like defensive player of the year was unstoppable and if he didn't have those back injuries, it's it's sad to see what people like because they see the Dwight Howard now, and a lot of kids watch the NBA and they don't look at past NBA; they look at now, and they don't understand like best play. He was top five player of the NBA, and I might be a little biased, but man, when he was in his prime, he was he was leading Orlando to sixty wins a year. It was, was a man. It was fun to watch him. I'm sure it was fun to watch him in child. person. For the man child. He's a man child. Filthy, vicious, ridiculous. Yeah, he was unbelievable to watch. Unbelievable to watch. And if he didn't have those, it was the back injuries that really st- uh, started the decline for him. Because, I mean, rebounding and dunking, if you have a bad back, I can't imagine it's easy to do. <laughs> any kind of injury like that, I'm sure it's not easy to do. Because I don't have any injuries and I can't do it. So I can't imagine with injuries, no matter how tall you are, if, you start hurting, it's just going to go down. But I love Dwight Howard. So I have to get that out there. I have to get – I'm one of those Orlando fans that still loves Dwight Howard. We're, we're very, like, boxed in about it. We're kind of opening up now. Mm-hmm. But I love Dwight Howard. I need people to know that. And I love Steve Nash, too. I would, Steve Nash is amazing. And he – I feel like he's starting to get more – he didn't – I feel like he didn't get the respect he deserved, Steve Nash. Now he's getting it because he's in the Hall of Fame and people are really – I feel like when he was playing, everybody – they never put him – in that the same as Kobe or when LeBron was coming up, it was, he was like a two-time MVP. Uh, I'm going to go off. So I got to, I got to style it back really quick. I got to dial it back here. I'm about to go off. Um, So after your time with Lakers, you decided to go to Japan. What, um, how'd that decision come about to start playing overseas? Um, I basically, uh, for me, it was, I went to the Pelicans, worked out in training camp with the Pelicans, got hurt. They let me go. It's business. It's life, whatever. And then because I didn't play that much my last year in L.A., I really just wanted to play and I didn't care where I was playing. So the first deal that came up was Japan and I just took it. I didn't really think about it too much. Didn't really care about the money so much. It was about just being able to have that opportunity to play. And I I had confidence in myself that I'd make my money and and, and make myself uh, a presence. And so 
I took the job and became a two-time all-star over there and, uh, you know, set records and different styles and doing stuff. And, and I'm blessed, man. And I, I love that country. I love that league. And uh, it was more, it, I could have played over there for another 10 more years, man. It was such a great opportunity, such a great place to be. And um, I'm very blessed to say that I was in the B League. And we're talking with Rob Sacre. Um, I know I'm jumping from Japan and back, but I just want to ask when you were there, when Kobe was uh, going through his, his retirement run there, what was that feeling like, you know, cause I'm sure there's beefed up security. I'm sure there were fans trying to mob in whenever Kobe went somewhere, knowing this is the last time we're going to be able to see him on the court. So what was the kind of, was that like a surreal experience being a part of the team that had one of the greatest players going through his retirement uh i forget what his retirement run where he's yeah getting the, 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 the gifts the and tour. The fans and all this other stuff the farewell tour thank you thank you so I, I was like there's a word for this i can't think of it off the top of my head so what was that was that like a surreal moment oh 100 and like i said i told a reporter a lakers beat reporter the other day man i probably had the most the last four years of my, or the four years, those last four years of Kobe's career, but the four years of my LA experience, probably no one had ever experienced anything like that in that organization. And I had that opportunity to spend it and live it. And what a great, what a great experience. It was wild. It, I can't put words on it, but at the same time, I was very blessed to say I got to see the greatest, one of the greatest players of all time, and I got to play with the, one of the greatest players of all time, and I was a part of his farewell tour, man. And what a, what, what can else can you ask for? And you got to see one of the greatest uh, final performances. I put it right up there. Again, I'm biased as a Yankee fan. Uh, Jeter's last game at Yankee Stadium. I think Kobe's last game was right there. I mean, it's hard to beat a wall, but he had a game-winning shot. It's just players like that, that just – they could be just starting their career, just ending their career at any point in their life, that you need the last shot, you need the last hit. They can do it. It's it's just a different – they're built differently, people like that. But it, being a part of that game, I can't imagine being in the arena – when he dropped, what did he drop? 60, I believe 60. it was. 60. His last game. Dropped 60 in his last game and hit the game-winning shot. Classic Kobe style. Just being front and center to watch the, one of the greatest of all time. Put on one of the greatest performances to end the career. I'm getting I'm getting worked up. Just I'm think you were there. I'm thinking about it. I'm like just super hype about it. Like it's, it's just such a great moment in sports to be able to be a part of that. So we have you for a few more minutes. I want to talk about your quarantine podcast that you've been doing. Uh, you've been having some guests on with that, some NBA guests and other guests. How'd you start up with the quarantine podcast? I mean, it's in the title, but how did you actually decide to start it? Um, so I was going to do a podcast with another buddy of mine. Um, and it, it fell through. It didn't really work out. And then, uh, my co-host Jack Ferris, he hit me up like a month later. And like I said, the laws of attraction just work, man. You don't know where it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, but they do. 
And he hit me up a month later, and this happened probably 2019, October 2019, roughly. And um, he goes, hey, man, uh, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe Network wants to do a podcast. Would you be down to go? And I said, absolutely, man. I want to be a part of it. So that being said, I took took advantage of the opportunity and we just started rolling with it and we just want to have fun and have a good time with it. And where can people find that podcast if they're looking for it? You can find that podcast on any podcast network or or however you listen to all your podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, you can find it all. Just put in believe in the Zags, B L E A V um, in the Zags. And you can, you can listen to us talk about God knows what, but we uh, we try to just keep it <laughs> and keep it live and just not talk so so heavy about the dark stuff in this world that we, there's so much of. And we have a special guest there behind you. Oh yeah, this is my youngest right man, shoulder. Man. Yeah, he's, he's gonna be a boxer when I'm done with him. He's gonna be the best boxer in this world. Trust me, I'm gonna make him a lean mean fight machine. Everybody remember that he's going to be the best boxer you've ever seen. So for any athletes, coaches, whatever it is coming up, trying to make the league, what, what advice can you give them? Um, first have goals. What advice can man. you give anybody trying to come up? I would say first have goals. And it doesn't matter what, if you're playing sports or anything, you have to, you have to aspire to be, do something and you have to aspire to, uh, achieve goals you got to make small goals so that you can achieve them once a month or every other day or whatever you need to do and then you have to have those big goals that you want to to uh see through and you might not you might not get to where you you want to go but at the same time because you've worked hard towards that goal it's going to lead you to the right path of you being successful somewhere else. So as long as you have goals, you can you can accomplish anything. And that goes for anything in life. Thank you so much for joining us. That's Rob Sackery. Guys, we'll be right back. Rob Sacre, man, what a dude, what a dude. Really, he is, that's great, that's great stuff. And if you want more great stuff, go into the folders. Whether you're listening on Spotify, you're listening on Apple, you're listening on YouTube, wherever you're listening, go listen to some old ones. Last week we had Victor Rojas on with uh, my friend Dave Puglisi. Victor, man, if you are trying to become a GM, listen to that man. He is so intelligent when it comes to that stuff. I can see why he was up for the job for Angels GM. Awesome dude. Former Angels play-by-play broadcaster, current GM of the Frisco Rough Riders, the AA affiliate of the Texas Rangers. I know who the Frisco Rough Riders are. That is the name of my fantasy baseball team. They got Teddy Roosevelt as their logo. It's dope. Um, but definitely go back and check out some old episodes. We had some great guests. Darren Nefsey came on, Ryu Carr, Kid Quill, 
Carter Caps. We've had really, really good guests. So in, in any verse, you like music, we got musical guests. You like video games, you got video game guests. You like sports, we got sports guests. Vince Papali came on, people. Invincible himself was on the cast. Go check it out, please. Where can you check it out, you said? what? Who said that? Oh, you said that? Okay, where can you check it out? Well, if you're on Instagram, you can go to off.stage.radio. And you can check us out there. We can check out all the posts. And we might even start posting podcasts a little bit. Shh, don't tell anybody. Uh, if you're on Twitter, it's Offstage Radio. Facebook.com slash Offstage Radio. If you want to follow Izag, it's Izag Radio. Everywhere you can find it there. Come check out the studio on campus, man. This place is dope. Just wear your mask. Make sure you wear your mask. Please wear your mask. Mask, 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 mask. Um, and check the place out, man. It's super dope. And if you want to show, we mean, get in on it. This place is great. Check out some old episodes. Like I said, we had some great guests. You can see them all on video on YouTube. You can listen on audio anywhere you get podcasts. We're legitimately everywhere you get podcasts. So go check that out. Thank you again for joining us for another day of Offstage Radio. I'm glad you sat here with me, listening to me talk. I love people listening to me talk. I'd love to hear from you too. Definitely reach out to us on social media. If you have any questions or anything like that, you want to get in on some giveaways we might try to do. Maybe you want some questions for some of these upcoming guests, man hit us up we'll definitely link up with you and we'll catch you later this was offstage radio thank you very much wear your mask please for the love of everything wear your mask wear your mask, wear your mask. all right later deuces